Hi. This is book three, episode 32 of Puritans Read, where we read great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Continuing today, The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson. With more from chapter 11, Comfort to the Godly, on Matthew 12, 20. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench. The result of the whole is to show Christ's compassion to a poor, dejected sinner who smites on his breast and dare hardly lift up his eye for mercy. The heart of the Lord Jesus yearns for him. This bruised reed he will not break. In the text, there are two parts. Firstly, a supposition, a soul penitentially bruised. Secondly, a proposition, it shall not be broken. Doctrine. The bruised soul shall not be broken. He bindeth up their wounds. Psalm 147, 3. For this purpose, Christ received both his mission and his unction, that he might bind up the bruised soul. The Lord hath anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61, 1. But why will not Christ break a bruised reed? Number one. Out of the sweetness of his nature, the Lord is very pitiful, compassionate. James 5.11 He begets compassion in other creatures, and is therefore called the Father of mercies. 2 Corinthians 1.3 And surely he himself is not without compassion. When a poor soul is afflicted in spirit, God will not exercise hardness towards it lest he should be thought to lay aside his own tender disposition. Hence it is that the Lord has always been most solicitous for his bruised ones. As the mother is most careful of her children who are weak and sickly, he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. Isaiah 40, 11 Those who have been spiritually bruised, who like lambs are weakly and tender, Christ will carry in the arms of free grace. Number two, because a contrite heart is his sacrifice. Psalm 51, 17. A bruised spirit sends forth tears, which are like precious wine. Psalm 56, 8. A bruised soul is big with holy desires. Yes, is lovesick. Therefore, If a bruised reed has such virtue in it, Christ will not break it. No spices, when they are bruised, are so fragrant to us as a contrite spirit is to God. Number three, because it so closely resembles Christ. Jesus Christ was once bruised on the cross. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Isaiah 53.10 His hands and feet were bruised with the nails. His side was bruised with a spear. A bruised reed resembles a bruised savior. No, a bruised reed is a member of Christ, and though it is weak, Christ will not cut it off, but will cherish it so much the more. Firstly, will Christ not break the bruised reed? This tacitly implies that he will break unbruised reeds. Those who are never touched with trouble of spirit, but live and die in impenitence, 
are hard reeds, or rather, rocks. Christ will not break a bruised reed, but he will break a hard reed. Many do not know what it is to be bruised reeds. They are bruised outwardly by affliction, but they are not bruised for sin. They never knew what the pangs of the new birth meant. You will hear some thank God that they were always quiet, that they never had any anxiety of spirit. These bless God for the greatest curse. Those who are not bruised penitentially shall be broken judicially. Those whose hearts would not break for sin shall break with despair. In hell there is nothing to be seen but a heap of stones and a hammer. A heap of stones, that is, hard hearts. A hammer, that is, God's power and justice, breaking them in pieces. Secondly, will Christ not break a bruised reed? See then the gracious disposition of Jesus Christ. He is full of clemency and sympathy. Though he may bruise the soul for sin, he will not break it. The surgeon may lance the body and make it bleed, but he will bind up the wound. As Christ has beams of majesty, so he has a heart of mercy. Christ has both the lion and the lamb in his escutcheon, the lion in respect of his fierceness to the wicked, Psalm fifty twenty-two, and the lamb in respect of his mildness to his people. His name is Jesus, a savior, and his office is a healer, Malachi 4, 2. Christ made a plaster of his own blood to heal a broken heart. Christ is the quintessence of love. Someone says, If the sweetness of all flowers were in one flower, how sweet that flower would be. How full of mercy is Christ, in whom all mercy meets. Christ has a skillful hand and a tender heart. He will not break a bruised reed. Some are so full of ostracism and cruelty as to add affliction to affliction, which is to lay a greater burden on a dying man. But our Lord Jesus is a compassionate high priest. Hebrews 2.17 He is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Every bruise of the soul goes to his heart. None refuse Christ but such as do not know him. He is nothing but love incarnate. He himself was bruised to heal those who are bruised. Thirdly, see then what encouragement there is here for faith. Had Christ said that he would break the bruised reed, then indeed there would be ground for despair. But when Christ said that he will not break a bruised reed, this opens a door of hope for humble, bruised souls. If we can say that we have been bruised for sin, why do we not believe? Why do we droop under our fears and discouragements, as if there were no mercy for us? Christ says, He healeth the broken in heart. Psalm 147.3 No, says unbelief, he will not heal me. Christ says that he will cure the bruised soul. No, says unbelief. He will kill it. As unbelief makes our comforts void, so it tries to make the word void. As if all God's promises were but forgeries, 
or like blanks in a lottery. Has the Lord said that he will not break a bruised reed? Can truth lie? Oh, what a sin unbelief is. Some think it dreadful to be among the number of drunkards, swearers, and whoremongers. Let me tell you, it is no less dreadful to be among the number of unbelievers. Revelation 21.8 Unbelief is worse than any other sin because it brings God into suspicion with the creature. It robs him of the richest jewel in his crown, which is his truth. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. 1 John 5.10 Oh then, let all humbled sinners go to Jesus Christ. Christ was bruised with desertion to heal those who are bruised with sin. If you can show Christ your sores and touch him by faith, you shall be healed of all your soul bruises. Will Christ not break you? Then do not undo yourself by despair. Use 1. Will Jesus Christ not break a bruised reed? Then it reproves those who do what they can to break the bruised reed, and they are such as try to hinder the work of conversion in others. When they see them wounded and troubled for sin, they dishearten them, telling them that religion is a sour, melancholy thing, and they had better return to their former pleasures. When an arrow of conviction is shot into their conscience, these pull it out again, and will not allow the work of conviction to go forward. Thus, when the soul is almost bruised, they hinder it from a thorough bruise. This is for men to be devils to others. If to shed the blood of another makes a man guilty, what is it to damn another's soul? Use 2. This text is a spiritual honeycomb, dropping consolation into all bruised hearts. As we give stimulants to a body suffering from a lipothemy or fainting fit, so when sinners are bruised for their sins, I shall give some stimulant to revive them. This text is comforting to a poor soul who sits with Job among the ashes and is dejected at the sense of its unworthiness. Ah, says the soul, I am unworthy of mercy. What am I that ever God should look on me? Those who have greater gifts and graces perhaps may obtain a look from God, but alas, I am unworthy. Does your unworthiness trouble you? What more unworthy than a bruised reed? Yet there is a promise made to that condition. A bruised reed he will not break. The promise is not made to the fig tree or olive, which are fertile plants, but to the bruised reed. Though you are despicable in your own eyes, a poor shattered reed, yet you may be glorious in the eyes of the Lord. Do not let your unworthiness discourage you. If you see yourself as vile and Christ as precious, this promise is yours. Christ will not break you, but will bind up your wounds. Question. But how shall I know that I am savingly bruised? Answer. Did God ever bring you to your knees? Has your proud heart been humbled? 
Did you ever see yourself as a sinner and nothing but a sinner? Did you ever, with a weeping eye, look on Christ? Zechariah 12:10. And did those tears drop from the eye of faith? Mark 9:24. This is gospel bruising. Can you say, Lord, though I do not see thee, yet I love thee? Though I am in the dark, yet I cast anchor. This is to be a bruised reed. Objection 1. But I fear I am not bruised enough. Answer. It is hard to prescribe a just measure of humiliation. It is the same in the new birth as in the natural. Some give birth with more pangs and some with fewer. But would you like to know when you are bruised enough? When your spirit is so troubled that you are willing to let go those lusts which brought in the greatest income of pleasure and delight. When not only is sin discarded, but you are disgusted with it, then you have been bruised enough. The medicine is strong enough when it has purged out the disease. The soul is bruised enough when the love of sin is purged out. Objection 2. But I fear I am not bruised as I should be. I find my heart so hard. Answer 1. We must distinguish between hardness of heart and a hard heart. The best heart may have some hardness, but though there is some hardness in it, it is not a hard heart. Names are given according to the better part. If we come into a field that has tares and wheat in it, we do not call it a field of tares, but a wheat field. So, though there is hardness in the heart as well as softness, yet God, who judges by that part which is more excellent, looks on it as a soft heart. Answer 2. There is a great difference between the hardness in the wicked and that in the godly. The one is natural. The other is only accidental. The hardness in a wicked man is like the hardness of a stone, which is an innate, continued hardness. The hardness in a child of God is like the hardness of ice, which is soon melted by the sunbeams. Perhaps God has at present withdrawn his spirit, so the heart is congealed like ice. But let God's spirit like the sun return and shine on the heart, and now it has a gracious thaw on it, and it melts in love. Answer 3. Do you not grieve under your hardness? You sigh for lack of groans, you weep for lack of tears. The hard reed cannot weep. If you were not a bruised reed, all this weeping could not come from you. Objection 3. But I am a barren reed. I bear no fruit. Therefore, I fear I shall be broken. Answer. Gracious hearts are apt to overlook the good that is in them. They can spy the worm in the leaf, but not the fruit. Why do you say you are barren? If you are a bruised reed, you are not barren. The spiritual reed, engrafted into the true vine, is fruitful. There is so much sap in Christ that it makes all who are inoculated into him bear fruit. 
Christ distills grace like drops of dew on the soul. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree. Hosea 14, 5 and 6. The God who made the dry rod blossom will make the dry reed flourish. So much for the first expression in the text. I proceed to the second. The smoking flax shall he not quench. Question. What is meant by smoking? Answer. By smoke is meant corruption. Smoke is offensive to the eye. So sin offends the pure eye of God. Question. What is meant by smoking flax? Answer. It means grace mingled with corruption. As with a little fire, there may be much smoke. So with a little grace, there may be much corruption. Question. What is meant by Christ's not quenching the smoking flax? Answer. The meaning is that though there is only a spark of grace with much sin, Christ will not put out this spark. In the words, there is a figure, he will not quench. That is, he will increase. Nothing is easier than to quench smoking flax. The least touch does it. But Christ will not quench it. He will not blow the spark of grace out, but will blow it up. He will increase it into flame. He will make this smoking flax a burning taper. This concludes Book 3, Episode 32 of Puritan's Read. We read The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson and continued Chapter 11, Comfort to the Godly, through the first point of doctrine.